0: want to welcome you to the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. Jesus is, has, and always will be dedicated, committed, reliable, and faithful, and our word calls for us to be just like Christ. Let's find out how with Pastor John. It says, I will rejoice, which means it's a commandment. It's like, I will do it. I I may not feel like it but I will rejoice and be glad in it. it your situation could be bad, and, and everything else in your life can be bad, but the Bible says, in all things, give thanks. It says, in all things. If you're in a bad situation, if you're in a bad circumstance, just give thanks. Because what the Bible commands you to do when you have a grateful heart is when God could really, really bless you and give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen, while you're in your situation. So we just thank God for that. So praise God. Today, uh, as my son said, would be my mother-in-law's, well, it is. It's her Earth Day. And uh, I just want to just say I thank God for the time and the experiences that I've had with my mother-in-law. She was uh, an original, extraordinary woman. <laughs> uh, I, I, she, she is always known to bring sunshine into a room, and I just know that I could, I, right over there, right, where Yolanda's over there sitting, yep, you guys see, if you guys know our hashtag is that's good, John, and if you don't know the origin of that, you ain't been around for a while. Mama Betty used to every time I used to preach, and it, it, even when we started off inside the house. If I got up and cleared my throat, she'd be like, that's good, John. I, was like, I didn't say anything yet. She didn't care. That's good. So that will forever be with us. That, that term, that, that hashtag will always be with us as a church um, because she was there from the beginning. I remember the days that I didn't think we could go on. And here's this woman that is sick in her body would look at me and just tell me, John, you better learn how to praise him. I'm like, how could somebody that is sick like this is barely breathing, you talk about Jesus and praising God, she would find the energy. <laughs> Everybody be sitting here, you guys know our church is. We're quiet. We're a quiet church. We just a quiet church. She didn't care. <laughs> and don't let her baby, her only baby, Kai, be up here preaching or doing something. She's like, praise him! <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> now, pastor, you my son, but when are we going to have testimony service? <laughs> praise God. See, those are the blessings that God gives us when our, when our loved ones move on and go to be with the Lord. The wonderful memories that we have of these people, it's, it's a blessing and it's a gift and and I'm just glad if you guys didn't know her, praise God, just get to know Kaya, and you'll see a lot of Kaya, I mean a lot of Betty and Kaya. So, all right, enough of that before we start crying. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm excited to share this message today because today signifies a new season of growth for TBC, uh, TBCF. Me complacer competir esta messe hey, hoy. Porque hoy significa una nueva temporada de crecimiento para TVCF. As we prepare to go to the next level of growth, we must prepare ourselves for what's next. Mientras nos preparamos para avanzar al próximo nivel de crecimiento, debemos prepararnos para lo que viene después what we are what we're doing now listen very carefully what we're doing right now will not sustain us in the next season lo que estamos haciendo ahora no nos sostendrá en nuestra próxima temporada certain behaviors habits and processes must evolve and this requires change not just with the leaders but with Every member of God's church here at TVCF. Ciertos comportamientos, hábitos y procesos deben evolucionar y esto requiere un cambio. No solo con los líderes, sino con cada miembro de las iglesias de Dios aquí en TVCF. So let me ask you. Déjame preguntarte, can you spare some change? Puedes guardar un cambio? Can you spare the change? I, I have to stop here because people want change, they just don't want to change. That's funny. It is. It's a funny saying. Everybody wants change, but they don't want to change. I could stop right there and preach just the rest for a day. I don't need, I set that aside. I'm so tired of hearing people talk about change, but yet they're unwilling to make a change. If we want to see change, the change must start with us first on how we speak, how we see, and how we think. God has been so faithful to us as a church. We have experienced many disappointments, many letdowns, mistakes, and unfaithfulness. Dios ha sido tan fiel a nosotros como sin iglesia. Hemos experimentado muchas delusiones, decepciones, errores, y infidelidades. But through it all, pero a pesar de todo, Dios ha sido fiel. God has been faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 24 says, faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass faithful is he that calls you how many people know they got a call of God on their life okay good if you don't know you're going about to know today so many people think that God only calls pastors and apostles and preach God has a call on every Christian believer's life so I, I like to I like to keep things simple you guys got cell phone you ever get a call and you don't answer it that's what a lot of us are doing with God and the problem is we know it's God because we have a caller ID if it was the world calling we answer quickly but if we see it's God we like to put him on hold and sometimes you accidentally answer the call you know as I said accidentally answer the call and then when it gets a little bit tough you like to put God on hold That'll preach. And God is just sitting there waiting while you got him on hold because you wanted to talk to somebody else. (laughs) How many people here want to be a Christian? Hmm? Two people? I'm sure we all do. Estoy seguro de que todos los hacemos, pero debemos tener cuidado. We need to go to the Bible's definition of what a Christian is and not our own definition. Too many people are calling themselves Christians. We get upset at people that call themselves Christians because they're not doing Christian things. I, let, me, let me give you something, saints. I don't call a bad friend a friend. It's an oxymoron to call somebody a bad friend. You just don't give them the title friend. Amen. So when people call themselves Christians but aren't Christ-like, why call them Christians? It's pretty deep, isn't it? That was a deep thought. It's so simple. But if we want to call ourselves Christians, we can't call ourselves Christians according to what we think. We have to call ourselves Christians according to what the Bible says. To be a Christian means to be Christ-like in thought and behavior. Ser cristiano significa ser como Cristo en pensamiento y comportamiento. Thought means let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. We see that in Philippians 2 and 5. When it comes to your behavior, Paul said, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. So we can't just say we're Christians because we acknowledge the existence of God. We have to act like and think like Jesus. You guys hear me? Because right now we're dealing with a world that everybody wants to claim something, but they're not what they claim. Amen. I'm not talking about the superficial kind of stigma that we put on Christians. I'm talking about uh, what the Bible says. I'm talking about how we think and how we act. Because if you think like a Christian, you'll see things like a Christian, and you'll act like a Christian. Jesus said he came to serve and not be served. Jesus dijo que vino a servir para no ser servido. So Jesus is a servant. We must also be a servant. If Jesus came to serve and not be served, if you're going to be a Christian, then you need to be like Jesus. This is a hard thing for people in church because we think that we come to church, we're doing God a favor. I serve the Lord. I go to church. Well, first of all, we're supposed to be the church. And I come to church to serve other people because Christ came to the church to serve the church, not to be served by the church. Oh, this is a hard message, huh? Now, now listen very carefully. I know there are levels to discipleship. Even the Apostle Paul alludes to this phenomenon. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, he mentions as babes in Christ. So I know, maybe some of you guys just got saved, and, and you're like, well, I'm trying to learn how to think like Christ. I'm trying, trying to learn how to behave like Christ. But I understand, there's, there's levels to discipleship. And, and, and in Hebrews, Paul said this, for everyone who partakes only of milk is un. Unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So we see that there is such thing as baby Christians. So if there's baby Christians, then I can think of there's toddler Christians, and 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 then there's teenage Christians, and you know the adolescent and young adult Christians, and then we get to a point where Christians should be mature. Let me say that again: we get to a point where Christians should be mature. Even Peter said something about this truth in 1 Peter 2 and 2. He says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So what's telling me is when people first get saved, they need to be fed. My granddaughter right now, well, when she was first born, she got sincere milk. She's at a point in her life where milk won't sustain her for her growth. So what happens is they start adding more food, not just milk, but they start adding fruits and vegetables to where she could still eat it and her body could digest it to help her grow. If she's not eating, she won't grow. And if she stops eating, she will die. Why can we take something so natural and not translate it into something spiritual? Because if my spiritual growth depends upon me getting fed, I need to be fed the sincere milk of the word. Some of you guys in here are Christians and been baby Christians for way too long. Peter is saying you're a baby now, but at some point you need to grow. Somebody say, grow. Grow. Okay. Hebrews 10 23 says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast to our confession. How many people in here are Christians? Well, you just confessed it. Hold fast without wavering. God is faithful. He promised us and he's faithful, but he can only be faithful basically according to what your commitment level is. Ooh, I only got three amens. We want this God that serves us all the time. He said he came to serve. So we only call our servant when we need him. Turn to Luke chapter 14. We're going to go over something. Next service don't start till when? 11? I got time. You guys buckle up. I'm just going to, let me, let me step off some. I'm, I'm in this new season of my life, you guys. Okay? I, I am. We, we went and, and my wife and I went and preached at a revival in Seattle. And while I was there, the Lord spoke to me and, and he put me in transition. Just like you guys grow I'm starting to feel this growth in me. And it's funny, and that's not just 50, you know, I'm, I'm about to be 50, and yeah. But God is making this shift in me from moving just to being a pastor and a brother, and I feel a sense of fatherhood coming over my life to father people, not just Father, young people, but father the church that God has given us. And He's put me in this place. And I, I got a sense of urgency about a few things. Like if, if, if I see my, my eldest son not doing things right as he's older, I have a sense of urgency that I have to get him in the right direction to start moving towards Christ. And I'm starting to feel that way about God's church. I say, God, I see that you want growth at our church. But how do we get growth? He's like, any family and every family needs a father. And God says, I'm starting to, trans, I'm starting to transfer you into this position of fatherhood. Let, let me help you guys out. The pastor is the father of the family of church. Let me let me some of you guys are gonna understand if you were Catholic at one time. The Catholics got it right. What did they call their pastor? Because the church is just a family of families. So you're going to start seeing a change in me. You're going to start seeing a change in the church. You're going to start seeing different type of growth, not just in me, because I'm still growing. But as I grow, you'll grow with me. Luke chapter 14, 25 and 34. Now a great multitude went with him, talking about Jesus, and he turned and said to them, if anyone... If anyone, not just pastors, not apostles, not prophets, not just teachers. He said, if anyone, somebody say anyone. Anyone. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, his mother, his wife, and his children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You guys say hate's a strong word, pastor. Yeah. But the part that really gets me is he says he cannot be my disciple, which means you don't even qualify. Like right now, if you went and tried to do an application to be a doctor, most of you guys in here, you won't get the job because you don't qualify. Jesus is saying, in order to qualify to be a disciple of mine, a Christian, to be part of my family, you got to hate your father, your mother, your sister, and your brother, even yourself. Now, I'll get back to the word hate. And whoever does not bear his cross, oh my goodness. So I got to hate my mother, father, sister, and brother. I got to hate my my whole family, including myself, and bear my cross, and come after you. He says, if I don't do this, you cannot be my disciple. Come on, Jesus, you're making this hard, man. 28 for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it Lest, after he laid down the foundation and is not able to finish it all who see it begin to mock him saying this man said he was saved and he don't even go to church he acts like the rest of us Uh, I mean I'm sorry it doesn't say that this man began to build and was not able to finish Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and sends conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Okay, we'll backtrack. Hate. Jesus ain't telling you to hate somebody like, you know, that hate that we know, earthly hate. What he's saying is, if you can't put me before your family, if you can't put me before yourself, then guess what? You can't be my disciple. You can't be a disciplined follower of Jesus. Another word for disciple, what we watered it down to is Christian. Don't think a Christian and disciple are two different things. Somebody might lie to you and say that, but that's not the truth. Being a Christian means being a disciple, which means being a disciplined follower, imitator of Christ. Amen. So Jesus has given these, these, these uh, us a picture of what it takes for us to even be considered a disciple. Number one, we see that we have to put him first. We have to carry our cross. What do we mean carry our cross? There's some things that are burdens in our lives. And I'm not talking about your normal everyday burdens. I'm talking about spiritual burdens. I'm talking about serving Christ. Oh, we didn't, we didn't understand that. I, can, can I, can, it, it, it's a burden if anybody in here serves. You know that sometimes you just don't feel like coming to church, but you said you had to serve, and because you said you was going to serve, It's a burden because it's like 80 degrees outside and everybody else is going to the beach. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I understand. I understand. I believe in family. I believe in taking time off. So don't run to the left or to the right with what I'm saying. I'm just saying if you said you're going to be there, be there. Is that hard? That's why Jesus said all this stuff about what you have to be. And then out of nowhere, he starts saying, which of you start to build a house? Don't think about what it's going to take to build it first. Yeah. What he's saying is let your yeses be yeses and your noes be no. If, I, if you commit, be committed. Yeah. It's not that hard. Can, honestly, I'm going to be there. I'm getting ahead of myself. Didn't First Thessalonians 5:24 say faithful is he? Who calls you? We're describing Christ. And if Christ is faithful, he'll also bring it to pass. (laughs) So if Christ is faithful, then I should be faithful. If Christ is going to bring it to pass, what is he going to bring to pass? What he said. So then if I'm going to be Christ-like, I need to be faithful and bring to pass what I say. Listen, God has given our church a a vision, and it's slowly and methodically happening. We have been on the staircase to growth. Now, you guys notice I said staircase. It's this prophetic picture that God gave us is that there was three ways to get to where God wants us to get. There was an elevator, the escalator, and the stairs. You guys with me? The elevator, you get there quick. You know, I think I preached this last week when I said that there's a saying that says, new level, new devil. You guys heard that in church? Yeah. It ain't just old Baptist saying. I just want to help you out just because it rhymes. It's true. <laughs> the problem is if I take the elevator to the next level, I'm not going to have the strength to deal with that new devil. Wow. If I take the escalator to that new level, I'm going to turn out and look like every other church because this escalator looks it's like a conveyor belt. It just you just put out a product. That's not what we are. But even then, you get to the next level, you don't have the strength for the new devil. But if I take the stairs, as I take the stairs, it's slow, it's tiring, it's cumbersome. How many understand? Because none of y'all want to take the stairs when you go to a, a, a building. Maybe one floor, maybe two. Let you be in a hotel and you staying on the fifth floor. You ain't taking the stairs up. But I'm telling you, if you take the stairs, every step, you are building your strength so when you get to that next level, you're able to fight that new devil. You have the strength and the stamina to fight that devil. He's there waiting on you. So God has had us on the staircase of growth. And listen, as a side note, the growth of a church depends upon the personal growth of its people. If you take notes, please write that down and read it to yourself. The growth of, of the church depends upon the personal growth of the people. Sometimes it's not a leadership problem. Sometimes there's great leaders, you just have unwilling followers. You guys are like the goats. People like, you know, those goats that you scare and they run and they just. You know what I'm talking about? You guys are called to be sheep. Sheep will just follow. They'll follow whoever's leading. Them. They'll follow them without question. They'll just go. And every once in a while a sheep kind of strays off, but that's what a shepherd's for. Or a sheepdog. Now, when I refer to growth, I, I'm speaking of moving from a child to an adult. I'm speaking of from moving from a fan to a follower, from a spectator to a player, from a believer to a disciple. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 13:1 13 and 11 says this, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. If we want to put away childish behavior, we have to know what childish behavior is. Some of us are acting like little kids when it comes to things that are spiritual. This is a hard message. I'm sorry, guys. I'm really not. Just said it. But at the end of the day, I know sometimes we come to church and we want to hear, oh, hey, hallelujah, praise God. But you know what? Sometimes we need to be rubbed a little bit the wrong way so that we could get, you know, waken to righteousness. So Paul says this, I spoke as a child. This means always having excuse for unfavorable behavior. Paul says, I spoke as a child. When he said, when when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Esto significa siempre tener excusa para un comprometimiento desfavorable. Gracias. He also said, I understood as a child. Do you guys realize children don't understand the importance and the severity of their decisions? That's, That's a child. They don't understand the importance and the severity of their decisions. Kids will make a decision and not think about the outcome. How do I know? You know, you tell a kid not to do something and they do it anyway because they want it? Because that's what they want to do. They're not thinking about the consequences. Do you think a kid thinks about the consequences that don't know how to drive and takes off in a car? They don't think about that. Children use drugs, they don't think about drinking and driving, they, they think as children. And Paul said, when I was a child, I, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I don't understand or comprehend my, my, the severity of my decisions. And you guys are like, why do you kids think that way? Because they only think about themselves. Porque solo piensan en sí si mismos. And that brings us to the next one. Paul said, I thought as a child. Children's underlying motive is self. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yes, they're nice to you. They'll say sweet things. But once they're done with the sweet talk, they're going to ask you for something for themselves. Mom, you're so pretty today. You're the best mom in the world. I, Mom, I love you so much. I don't know what I would do without you. Can I have some ice cream? <laughs> Los niños son astutos. Como hacemos lo que dijo Pablo. Deja de hacer cosas infantiles. How do we do what Paul says? Put away childish things? He said, I didn't didn't become an adult until I put away childish things. I'm so glad I never had these conversations with my kids. I know my mom probably had it with me. But you know, kids want to be an adult, but they don't want to put away childish stuff. They expect you to treat them like an adult, but they don't act like an adult. You guys' kids ain't old enough yet. That's what's wrong. You got to be up here dancing right now. If, you're, if your child was at least 16 or 17 years old, you'd understand what I was saying. If we want to be Christian adults or disciples, if we want to achieve personal growth, if we want to see our church achieve corporate growth, we must be dedicated, committed, reliable, and faithful. Dedicado, comprometido. Confiable y fiel. I know these words are synonymous, but they need to be used in specific areas of our personal growth. First, dedicated. We need to make up in our mind to be part of the vision. Luke chapter fourteen twenty six says, "If anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother, his father, his brothers, his children, sisters, yes, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple." He says, if anyone comes to me, that means you made a decision. You made a decision to come to Christ. If you make the decision, make the decision. Don't half step. When I joined the military, I joined the military. I didn't go to the recruiter and say, well, I'm thinking about going. Can can I just go to basic and see what it's like? That's not how it works. You have to forsake everything in your life to become a soldier. Whew. I don't care. Look, your wife, your kids, your mom, when you deploy, it doesn't matter whose birthday it is. It doesn't matter what party is going on. It doesn't matter what family event that's going on. You committed. You have to stick with your commitment. Okay, let me, let me help that out. Let me help you out. When you commit to the things of God, You're committed. Just because you're not going to get arrested for not sticking with your commitment doesn't mean you could back out. I don't care whose birthday it is. I don't care what's going on. If you said yes, let your yes be yes. Second, we got to be committed. Committed means playing whatever role that is needed. Some people with commitment is only as good as their desire. What does that mean? Oh, I'll be committed as long as I get to play the part that I want to play. I don't think God called me to that. That's not in my anointing. Huh? Huh? Well, praise the Lord. You know, right now, God has anointed a spot for you on the cleaning team. That's where we need you. Huh? This is God's, this is God's house. Every area has been anointed. <laughs> you guys, I'm telling you as a pastor, this is what's happening with the church today. You got so many people, so many Christians. See, it, I'm calling them Christians. I have so many people that are in church that want their own way. The church has to be built, and guess what? If you're committed, you're like, look, dude, I'm committed. I made a decision. I'm committed to the bit. Where do you need me? Yeah. Well, we, we need an anointed toilet cleaner right now. Can, can, can I, I, I I love sharing stories. I've had so many people come to me and tell me all their gifts. Praise God, at my last church pastor, I headed up the, I had an anointed <laughs> prayer ministry praise God the Lord had used me mightily at my last ministry and I am here to to, to be of service uh, to the building Christian fellowship and I I submit myself humbly uh, under your leadership pastor and what, what can you do with me I said man praise God God bless you we really have a need for people to sweep out front every Sunday. Go see Sean. He'll take care of you. I don't see him no more. <laughs> huh, Kai? You don't see him? I smell him a mile off too now. I, they, they, when they show up, I'm like, and you guys know Kai. Kai let him know, praise God. <laughs> hey, look, if we're not the church for you, I could show you some other churches. We just ain't got time no more. I don't want to waste my oil. Would you pour water on a plant that's dead? No. Then why would you expect me to try to minister to somebody that doesn't want to be ministered to? I'm sharing this with you so you'll take this with yourself. Don't waste your oil. It's another message. Colossians 3 and 23 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. It doesn't matter where you're serving. It's how you serve. When I first got saved, I literally, I was so thankful to God. I was like, man, I'll do anything. They're like, I need you to clean the bathroom. Where's the stuff at? Yeah, I'm going to tell you this. You guys are going to think these are church bathrooms. They didn't have gloves. And they needed the bathroom clean. You know what I did? I went, in, I went in there and prayed, and I cleaned them toilets, the floors. I did everything and washed my hands afterward, and I trusted that God. I said, God, I'm doing this as unto you, and I trust that you're going to protect me from all that filth and nastiness. Yes. I come against hepatitis right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All forms of botulism. I come and get you the blood of Jesus. Mercer. Okay, no, I get back to what I was talking about. So, I said I'm done with foolishness, not randomness, if you guys. Okay, so, if, if you're committed, you're committed no matter what, no matter where, no matter how. You, now, remember, you have to be committed and you have to be Dedicated. The next one is reliable. Ooh, y'all. y'all that's a hard one, Pastor. Reliable means to do what has been asked of you the best that you can. Luke chapter 14, 28 says, For which of you intend to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it. Listen, there is a God-given gift to every person that has a cellular phone. It's called a calendar. Yes. I I, I didn't have that type of anointing until my wife stepped in with the gift of administration and (laughs) she showed me how to use the, the, the phone. But you know that there's times, saints, that you say yes and then you're so used to saying no after you said yes, and you always go, I'm so sorry, something came up. Why didn't you say no to what came up? I'm telling you what, I mean, there's been plenty of times as a pastor that I've said that I was going to meet with y'all, and I wanted something to come up. Hey, you know what? I'm so sorry. I, I know, you, I know, I know you, you need me to come to the hospital and pray for your parents, um, but hey, guess what? I can't make it. I got an appointment getting my toenails clipped. Sorry. God bless you. Hey, yeah, yeah, I know you asked me to marry you, but um, not going to make it. Sorry. Something came up. Proverbs 25 and 19. Confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. Anybody ever have a bad tooth? Y'all try chewing on it? You got to swish the other side of your mouth. Matter of fact, if you want to lose weight, have a bad tooth in your mouth. Make you not want to eat right? A foot out of joint. Y'all have feet been hurting before. You walk around in some shoes and bad shoes for a while. But this is what the scripture is telling us, saints. It says, confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble. There's times in the church that we depend upon people to be where, they're, where they said they're going to be and do what they said they're going to do. And do you realize that sometimes when people don't show, when people aren't reliable, when the church of God can't count on you to do what you said, it can mess up the whole program. Do you guys realize that if the one little tiny organ in your body, your thyroid, if the thyroid stops doing what it's supposed to do, it can throw your whole body out of whack? A thyroid, it's small. And so some of us in here say, well, you know, I know I I was supposed to greet today, but it throws everything out of whack, saints. We cannot have that in the house of God. We have to be reliable. People need to be dependable upon us. The next one is faithful. It means sticking with your commitment all the way through. Don't bail out on your commitment." Some commitments that we make aren't just a day. Some commitments we make might be a little bit longer. When you become all four, you will fulfill the commandments of Jesus. In Mark chapter 12, 29, 31, it says this, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is is like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Corazon, alma, mente y fuerza. All your heart con todo tu corazón with all your soul, con todo tu alma with all your mind, con todo tu mentes, and with all your strength, y con todo tu fuerza. fuerza. You guys, we have to be faithful. We can't fulfill the second commandment until we fill the first one. In order to fulfill the first one, we have to be dedicated, committed, reliable, and faithful. Now, as I bring this to a close, God is looking for true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Not just the ones that will raise up their hands, but those that will put their hands to the gospel plow. Listen, do you guys know what worshiping Christ is? It isn't this. It's serving. Serving. If we're to be Christ-like, Christ said he was a servant, then we have to serve. And we also seen that he said that he was faithful. He who has promised is faithful, and he will bring it to pass. That's Christ. And if we're Christ-like, we have to be like him. Saints of God, I'm telling you, as the pastor of this church— we will not move to the next level. Phase two is, a, is three weeks away. Three weeks. We're going to start building. And everybody's excited about new building, new sanctuary, new classrooms. We will not sustain what God is wanting to put on us if we keep acting the same way. We have to grow. We have to be dedicated. We have to be committed. We have to be reliable and faithful. Just like Christ. God was looking for true worshipers, according to John chapter 4. He's looking for people that will serve him by serving his church. Not just serving, but being committed. And today, God is calling us to be committed. He's calling us, he said, look, if you wanna be my disciple, you gotta put everything behind you and put me first. And then when you put me first, you gotta bear your your cross. What's your cross? When you said yes to the burden, to the work, you're gonna be there for the work. All of us have been guilty of faking on God. You guys know how you fake on God? You fake on his church. Because you serve God by serving His church and you fake on God by faking on His church. Kind of a rough reality, isn't it? When I'm not faithful to God, it's like, you know, you always make it personal. Like me and God, like there's this supernatural thing of, God, I love you. Well, show me. Jesus said that. You got to know Jesus said that, right? He said, show me. That, that's in my definition. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Show me. Not by crying, not by praying and laying down. That's part of the relationship, but that's not the show of love. The show of love is denying yourself, picking up your cross daily, and following Christ. It's what God is calling us to do, saints. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the NX Podcast.